Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. Yeah, this is a really cool story. So they installed the sense in the middle of an issue with their well pump. And you know, anybody who knows if your well pump is constantly triggering on, it can cost you a fortune. So in this case, they used it, used it with the well pump trigger, which had broken and it was broken in the on position. So the, I guess the well pump was always kicking on and they weren't getting, you know, understanding that it was happening and it was costing them thousands of dollars. And so when they installed the sense, it helped them narrow down the problem to figure out that. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk everything home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, Caroline. Hey, guys. How was your weekend? Good. How was your 4th of July? Oh, it was pretty, uh... You know, we saw the family. We went out to uh, the reservoir lake area by us and um, had some good good uh, corn on the cob. Went down and got some fresh veggies. And of course, I took my sports car out, which is for any of those who, who know me or don't know me. <laughs> I like to drive a little fast. How about you? What did you Check do? Check out the Jag. <laughs> the Jag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not affected on the show. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we did the same thing. I mean, I barbecued some ribs and uh, corn mm. on the cob and um, had the neighbors over and some family over, margaritas in the backyard on the new uh, outdoor kitchen, and then um, kind of chilled out for a bit, and then went down to the uh, to Lake Oswego to the lake to watch the uh, fireworks, and that was pretty cool. Had a poor baby Eric lives on a lake, ladies and gentlemen, like a private lake. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not. On, I'm, I'm close to it. I, it's you know, it's a ten minute walk to get down there. So nice. You know, it's uh, it's close. It's close. It's at least walking distance. So it's beautiful. You know, do I have access to the lake? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> gotta gotta be a little. Uh, gotta have a bigger bank account to get on the lake. <laughs> but we could put like kayaks on the lake. Like we're into kayaking, so we were talking about putting like a two man kayak, putting some. Some yeah. drinks on that, some sandwiches. You go out, you cast a fishing line. That's like good life. That's awesome. That is. That is. So, yeah, anyway, it was nice. Uh, had a good fireworks display down there. Walked back and uh, called it a night, but it was good. And, uh, you know, in my neighborhood, usually we get nutty on the fireworks. But since I think because they made it, you know, illegal and people were worried about burning the neighborhood down because we have a lot of trees and, and stuff like that, that... Uh, this was the quietest one this year, and I think only because we had the big one in the lake that people could go down there and and watch it. So I think the combination of having the the local fireworks display and people just worried about literally catching the neighborhood on fire. Mm. Um, we've had one of our biggest droughts in a long time here. So and last week was our 
you know, hottest on record for a number of days. So I think enough people just went, you know, I think we're going to be cool. I think we're going to be cool. Be, be a little Fonzie, as they say. They'll be cool about it. <laughs> and then in the New York area, so I'm in the New York metro area, it was the opposite, right? So a lot of the local towns were not holding their normal big displays that they have. So usually each you know county has its own pretty massive fireworks. And I heard sort of like varying opinions. Some people said that they had spent so much on COVID issues that it wasn't in the budget. I had heard that, you know, they just didn't want to do it because of COVID risk. But it seemed like I saw more fireworks than I'd ever seen in my entire life. I mean, just off in the horizon, the sounds, the we live up on a hill, so you can see out like, you know, 50 miles out. And it's just, I mean, I, I never heard so many fireworks. So it was the opposite, right? We didn't have a wow. localized fireworks display. So everybody was blowing off fireworks. So it makes sense. You, you know, it was just different situations, but here out of control. I think some people probably lost fingers and, you know, it's always bad when people are blowing off fireworks by themselves. So. Oh yeah. And then I watched, uh, we got in just in time and turned on the TV and there was running the, uh, Macy's New York fireworks show. That is nuts. Did you see them? I this love was the it. first year they shot them out of the Empire State Building. Did you see that? that they were was shooting super out of the building. Awesome. <laughs> I was exactly. like, wait, that's off like, like three not- different levels. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, like- four barges out in the river, and and uh, that was impressive. I was like, it's coming out of the Empire State Building, and then they had <laughs> they all the took lights that on to the a tower. Whole and- new level. Whole new. Yeah, level. I was impressed. I was like, all right, you guys know how to party. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Well, today I wanted to talk about in the show, I wanted to dive in and talk a little bit about energy efficiency because, you know, we've talked about in the past, you know, last week uh, we talked about, you know, dehumidification and really Mm -hmm. trying to keep, um, you know, the moisture out of your house. Not too much, of course, but just trying to keep it so it's comfortable in the mold, you know, from growing in it. Mark was really insightful. Mark really, um, he just even opened my eyes and I've had experience with it about just the degree that a dehumidifier could help you with energy efficiency with your HVAC system. It's really profound. Exactly. Exactly. And don't forget, we've got a giveaway going on right now. So uh, all the way through the 12th. So if you're listening to this on the 13th, you missed it, but uh, stay tuned because we're really going to try to keep doing giveaways here. So we're uh, setting those up. That is going to be a regular part of Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. So make sure you, yeah, make sure you head over to, uh, the website. Should we give the uh, should we give the code word here real quick for people to enter? Okay, I'll say. And the password is old school. Old school. <laughs> We're going old school. So head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. It'll ask you in the enter to win what is the password. Type in old school. Put your name and phone number in there with your email address, and uh, you're good as gold. And enter for a chance to win. And you can only register one time, people. You can only put one email address and one you. None of this registering <laughs> under two different emails. We busted yeah, a bunch of people. We, I probably could have been more clear on that for people. I could have been more clear on it. I'm not going to sit here and disqualify people on that. But we're going to uh, we're going to make sure and clean that up a little bit, just because uh, uh, I could have been more clear with that. So I'll, I'll take that as my bad. Uh, nah. knocking the dust <laughs> off the knocking the dust off the uh, the giveaway stuff here to make it fair for everybody. So thanks for playing, everybody. Well, I wanted to talk today about trying to keep your electricity bills and energy bills down because now that we're into summer and people's air conditioning is running full mm-hmm. steam across mm-hmm. the country. 
It's running full steam as we try to keep stuff cool. And that always affects our energy bill. So what are some of the things around the house that you can do to keep that bill from getting too high and hitting you in the checkbook? Because uh, those electricity bills, depending on where you're at in the country, can be really expensive. For instance, here, we have really inexpensive electricity rates here in the Pacific Northwest compared to the rest of the country. But our water, even though we get in like my area, we get tons of rain. We have some of the most expensive water in the country. So we are cheap on one side and expensive Expensive on the other. other. And you've been running. They had a heat wave in Oregon. Obviously, we talked about it in the past show. But, you know, when you're running 118 degrees, no matter what, your HVAC is a running. And that's going to cost you a pretty hefty energy bill. Yeah. I mean, when we, if you were to look at that day and say, okay, that was 40 degrees above our normal average daily temp for that day. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy when you do that. And the other problem we had, though, is I mean, I think we had 63, 64 people die from that heat wave here in Portland, which is a pretty big number. Um, I saw that in the news. And that's because, that yeah, I mean, that's, that the unfortunate part though is here is that we have a massive homeless population. So that, that affects it because you got people out on concrete and, and asphalt. That's, you know, another 40 degrees warmer than that. And then we've got, you know, only about 60% of our population here has air conditioning. So if you look at apartments, if you're an apartment dweller in Western Oregon, Western Washington, you can pretty much, assume that you're adding your own AC to that. <laughs> so those are all fairly unconditioned spaces when it comes to, you know, summertime living, unless you're putting in your own window air conditioner. I was looking just I was as you were talking, I was checking out New Jersey weather just to see, you know, these heat waves. I mean, we've had more temps above the 90s now consecutively for this time of year. So, you know, you're talking big energy bills and we've got 100% humidity. So, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, your system will adjust to temperature, right? So it'll come down to the temperature you set it at, but that doesn't mean it's going to take out the relative humidity. Like, especially if you have a new HVAC system that you've just put in and it's and, and a lot of systems are oversized. So you're going to remove a lot of the moisture um, normally with an air conditioning. But what happens with these new systems is that they come on, they reach a temperature very quickly and they don't end up taking the humidity out. So now you've got a low temp, but you still feel sticky and hot. So then people are trying to use other energy sources to get cool, right? Because they're just not reaching that that comfortable level, like your skin feels humid and you still feel hot. So yeah, energy. So what do you think, Eric? How, how can we help people to reduce these energy costs, especially now with summer? So one of the things I did, one of the larger energy bills that you have out there is heating water. So if you think about it, you know, you've got a machine, which is that water heater sitting there that is creating heat, whether it's in a gas, your traditional gas water heater or your traditional electric water heater, all of these things cost you money. You know, for instance, the the average electric water heater, like the 50-gallon one sitting out in somebody's garage, basement, or utility closet, that's mm-hmm. usually costing them 400 to $450 a year just in electricity to heat that water. Now, when we come back from break here, I want to talk about what I did to my home to get that down to about $120. And nice. if you're in a part of the country where you're, you know, you're paying for those higher energy rates, it's going to be more closer to about $160. But 
but it's still well over half. And you can do that with just a simple swap out. We'll do We'll talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns. with Eric G and Caroline B. Thanks for listening today. Where we talk about home improvement, interior design, healthy homes, and everything else between that front fence and the back fence. All right, Caroline, we've been having a fun time in the studio today talking about how to save some money around your house because, man, these energy bills, I think, are going to crush us this year. Definitely. Welcome well, back to your- the studio. Oh, thanks. Tell them about your water heater. So I'm thinking about doing one of these too, because you turned me on to yeah. helping my energy bill. Yeah, we were just talking about that as we went out to break. And, you know, my water heater, I had a gas one in here, uh, 40 gallon. And I don't have a big house. You know, this isn't some, I don't have three bathrooms. I have one and a half baths. I was actually thinking about putting a on-demand gas water heater in. I was like, going I upgrade my gas line, do all that stuff. We're going to be good to go. And one of my friends over at Bradford White goes, are you sure about that? If you want to save money, you should go with a heat pump water heater. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just don't want to run out of water because I put in this cool, you know, trick shower system. I don't want to run out of water. He goes, okay, well, let's do this. How about if I told you that we can cut your bill down by over half of what your energy bill is, and we're going to put an 80-gallon tank in. Mm-hmm. So we're going to double your storage of effective hot water to use, and then we're going to save you half the money. I'm like, where do you sign me up? (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) And so what I've done on this, it's great. So how these heat pump water heaters work is you think about it like a heat pump in your house. So you've got, you know, the, the, the refrigerant, there's a compressor. It's just like a mini air conditioner that's reversed. Mm -hmm. So where it's taking inside your home in the summertime, it's taking that heat and kicking it outside. This is taking the heat in the room that the water heater is and putting that heat into the water. Excellent. And so you're not heating water with an element. You're actually heating water. All it has to do is run a compressor. Well, that only uses about 500 watts of electricity, which is about like five light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs. And so I'm generating heat that way. And it's really cool. So it's got its own little air filter, just like you would anything else to keep the coils clean. But uh, if you've got a huge demand on it, there are elements in it for backup heat. So if you had three or four bathrooms going, or if you had that big jetted jacuzzi tub in the bathroom. That's always the worst. Those jetted jacuzzis, there's never, they never put a big enough water heater in to heat that thing. Never. By the time it gets filled, you are in cold bath water. I don't ever understand that. Why do they put that in and then don't put enough water, bigger enough water heater? Oh. It's insane. You know, in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, right? We <laughs> saw those and I used to, used to call them the aircraft carrier deck that they drop them in in the bathroom. Oh my God. You know, because you'd have the big bathroom and the six foot tub and then they put the 50 gallon water heater in that only fills it up halfway. I know. It's insane. But with yours... The water heater, it's important to yeah. tell people, like with my case, because I after I heard Eric's story, I thought, okay, 
I'd like to put one of these in. But you do have to have a condensate line that you can run out to your exterior. So you have to make sure that you can get out there with a, you know, you have significant way to, to reach the outside to drain water. And it's the same with energy efficiency uh, furnaces as well. Like in my case, my uh, water heater and furnace are inside the house, inside like a room. So it's very difficult to get to an outside wall. So they actually recommend not going with an energy efficient furnace because you can't, you can't get to it. You got to run. So could you put a, a condensate pump and stuff in there where it drops down into that, that pump for instance, and pump it out that way? You can, but for some reason, the HVAC, like I like my HVAC guys a lot and they've really recommended that it's, it's difficult, I guess, because we've got to pump so far to get to the outside. They still have recommended gotcha. going with an 80-20 to replace it instead of the energy efficient huh. furnace. So yeah. I guess it's the distance we have to go. But Yeah, for, for me, it's right next to my laundry. So they actually ran my condensate pump right into my drain of the laundry. So that works out really well for that little bit of water that drops out. Yeah, It yeah, goes right what... into that uh, laundry drain and I'm good. So I don't have to worry about that. No, that's I, there was some reason we couldn't. And I don't I don't remember why because I haven't visited in a while, but. Yeah, it might have been also your venting too, because you you have a different venting situation where you have to go up through the chimney too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do. So, so all those that, things you have but- to take that into consideration. You know, when you are picking a water heater, um, I thought about doing the um, on demand too, on demand gas, because right now we have a traditional on, um, you know, just a regular water heater that runs on gas. And I thought about switching to the on demand, and then I heard mixed reviews. Some people really like it, some people don't. I mean, what's the pluses and minuses to the on demand that you think exists? On demand is cool uh, for always having hot water. You know, you've always got it. You're good. The other part of that, though, is that it takes a little bit. You have to run some water for that really to kick Mm -hmm. on. And to do that, I like to have on demands to have more circular systems so it actually gives you a return back there. So you've got more of a loop so you're not wasting as much water. Water. Uh, And so that can be an issue as well because – Sometimes you have to run that water for a little bit to really get hot water out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got higher efficiency fixtures, like you've got a, a water saving shower head or sometimes like that, you can have some issues with that. The other thing is, is many of the units you need to have maintenance on them where you get them cleaned every six months to a year. So they need to go through and really clean them and do maintenance to them. So there's a little bit more maintenance to them. But the other thing is, though, that you have to be keep in mind with that is they're gas only generally. The electric ones don't work really well. Yeah, they're not. So a- you have gas. You've got to yep. run that gas vent outside. And they're using a boatload of gas. So many times you need to make sure that you've got the right meter size. Many times just that gas water heater, you know, you know, natural gas line going to it isn't big enough. So now you have to have a plumber come out and run a larger gas line or your meter might not be big enough. So there's some things that you got to be careful with with the on-demand heaters to make sure that you've got that sized correctly for the house and you've got the right gas supply line going to it. So what else with the water heat so with the water heater if you're using the heat pump besides having a condensate that has to run out. I mean is there anything else that you don't need to have a hookup, right? So you don't need to vent for your natural gas. It's all electric. Uh, You have to run electricity over it. And Mm -hmm. there's a couple more tricks. We'll talk about that when we come back because we need to run out to break. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you're listening to Around Around the the House.
Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by Pyramid Heating and Cooling and PyramidHeating.com. When was the last time you changed your air filter? Do you have pets? Your indoor air quality is directly affected by the amount of pollution you're bringing indoors. Pets, open windows, maybe a dirty crawl space or basement, or lack of ventilation in your kitchen can all load up that air filter. Always check your system and make sure you're using the correct filter that the system was designed for. You know, those cheap one-inch air filters are meant to protect your system and not take out indoor air pollution. Basic HVAC systems might need their filter changed every month, or if you have something more high-tech like my system, it could be every nine months to a year. I recommend that you get your best filter you can afford as the better filters take out more pollutants out of your indoor air. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com, Oregon CCB 593A2. That's PyramidHeating.com. You know two things only get better women in Hey, this is Farewell Angelina. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. Hey, hey. How are you guys? Hey, hey. We've been having fun in here. Hope you're having a great time as well. Hey, make sure you tune in to the next hour because we've got my buddy Jeff Devlin Hmm. from Stonehouse Revival. You've seen that show out there on uh, DIY Network. He's been on HDTV. He's been doing that for, what, 10 years now on the Home Improvements TV stuff, and we've got him on the show, so you want to make sure... And tune into that because he'll be talking about uh, this week's episode of uh, Stonehouse Revival that got brought back after a couple years. So rarely do we see home improvement TV shows after they die come back to life. And uh, this one has been resurrected. He's a good guy. They like him. We like him. Oh, yeah. He's a good buddy. So this will be an interview you don't want to miss. Well, Caroline and I have had an interesting week this week. (laughs) We've been challenged with... um, Coming up with a few more logo stuff to uh, kind of widen the branding. <laughs> and, oh, Lord, this has gotten interesting. They've made us into cartoon <laughs> characters. If anyone who has gone to the new podcast around the house online.com or find us on any of the podcast networks, you'll see that Eric and I are cartoon caricatures of ourselves. And they sent us over a new one, the powers that be. And it, and it's kind of funny because Eric has really skinny arms with a giant <laughs> giraffe neck head. I've got to pull it up just to, we were just dying laughing. My arms were really oh. skinny too. And my forehead was ginormous. <laughs> you were looking funky. My head looked like it was floating on somebody else's body. <laughs> Um, the microphone on the, we're just don't look like microphones. I'm not going to even say this is a family (laughs) show. show, Leave it at that. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, it's gone completely sideways and round two got better on some and worse on the others. So we sent it back for revisions. I was like, no, 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 no. And then my tattoos make absolutely no sense. Eric, what is on your tattoo on your arm? So I'm looking. It's got like, um, it looks like a bird. Some I'm blowing it up really big. It's got a flower. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, my God. What is I, that? I mean. I can't I, tell what's. A leaf? I mean, my right arm. My right arm 
is a complete phoenix full sleeve. And they have like a, a peacock feather on my elbow, which is hilarious. And then I will say they did get one of the birds kind of correct on my left arm, even though the placement's nowhere near that. And I'm not act. This is not going to be a picture. So I get that, but it's, <laughs> it needs a little more work. <laughs> I've got like a really, like a Cheshire grin on my face in the photo. It looks like I, the canary, yes. <laughs> like the cat That's that exactly ate the canary. It. I don't know. And we, they put yep. less in rock We need shirts. a feather coming out of your teeth. Oh my gosh. We need and a then- feather coming out of your tooth. Eric shirt says I play bass, but it looks like it says I bass? play boss. <laughs> I don't know. Boss. Be. Yep. <laughs> and then it, you're, you're like number one groupie. <laughs> Group <B. laughs> you guys have to check this out. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, yep, we had we'll, uh, we'll post that up. We'll post that up. We've had a good one with that. Hey, let's wrap up this conversation on water heaters real quick, just on saving electricity. And you'd ask that question right before we went to break. What else needs to be thought about? The other thing that needs to be thought about is this stuff takes this heat pump water heater takes out probably three or four degrees out of the room that it's in uh, because it's taking the heat out of the room and putting it in. In my situation, it's out in the studio in the garage, so it's fine. Uh, It's doing that. If you're inside the house or if it's in an area that's not conditioned, if you're in the Great White North up in Canada or you're in a place where it gets really, you need to be careful with the temperatures like any heat pump. It's mm-hmm. running. So you want to make sure and consult with the manufacturer to see if you need to bring a duct where you're bringing in conditioned air or if you're bringing air from the outside. There's different duct kits where you can divert air from either the exterior or for a conditioned part of the room. Airflow is key for this because it is still a heat pump running inside your house. So you want to make sure that you have that thing. And also ventilation. A lot of rooms like people lack, you know, I always have to tell my clients that they need to put slotted or louver doors, especially in utility rooms. You'd be surprised how many spaces don't breathe. You get a mold problem in there. You're not getting a lot of airflow. So any kind of utility door, you know, I always like to go with some kind of louvered um, access. So, you know, you can get airflow in there. So you're not just putting a, you know, creating a negative pressure in the space. It's never good, especially if you've got other natural gas appliances in there. You know, mm-hmm. the nice thing with this is it's not going to create negative pressure because it's swapping air in and out equally. So we're not doing that with that. That's good. But um, that's the good part of that because you're just basically running it through itself. It's all in the same room. So that's the benefit of that. So that kind of wraps up at least my thought on water heater. That's a good place to save money. There's a lot of rebates out there. Check with your local utilities where that could save you money. One of the other easier ones, I think, is, um, you know, like attic insulation, trying to add insulation, if you can, to help with heat inside your home. That attic space can get super hot up there if you've got correct attic ventilation mm-hmm. and you don't have enough insulation. That can be a cost-effective solution. Many times, insulation is fairly inexpensive if done correctly. And to be honest, you can have it done cheaper than you can do it yourself. So it's something to think about. In some cases, that might make sense. Well, you got to watch. What's your thoughts on that? If you're going to insulate the attic, you have to really consider it making it part of the building structure. So when you start to change the temperature, the heat, the pressurization, and then also over insulating, you can create a moisture issue very quickly in the attic. And now you've got a mold problem. And so a lot of the time when you are going to insulate the attic, you've got to include a dehumidifier up in that space because you're just going to create 
a moistured mess. Um, and we've seen it a lot. You know, people decide they're going to spray foam. They're going to over insulate. And we've had clients, you know, one complaint about smell. You've got to be really careful with your spray foams. You know, not all are the same. You can get a soy based versus a polyurethane. So make sure that, you know, you know what you're getting and you're aware of the consequences that come with that from a chemical standpoint. But again, if you see overseal that space and you're not getting proper ventilation in there, you either have to make it part of the space, like think about it as part of your actual home or keep it separate okay. and keep it ventilated. You know, that's an interesting one because I've seen people go up there and for instance, I've seen people go up and put the powered attic, you know, gable vents in, right? Mm-hmm. And I always recommend to people, if you're going to put those powered gable vents in, I've seen more problems where people are actually pulling, they don't create enough air intake because they're just putting it there. And so those soffit vents don't, are not large enough to pull the air through there mm -hmm. or they've got them blocked with insulation. Right. When That's that happens, one. you start pulling, yeah, you start mm -hmm. pulling air up through every single can or pot light. You end up pulling air through all those holes where the electrical went up through the top plates in the house. And all of a sudden you're pulling cold air conditioned air, air. into your attic. Correct. And creating negative pressure inside your house because you didn't create a properly vented system in the attic. Mm -hmm. It works both ways, right? You can also people, you can end up pulling if your pressurization changes, you can actually pull air from the attic down into the space. So what I usually recommend to people mm -hmm. is you pick up a smoker. If you ever see a smoker pen. And what I love about these things is they're really cheap. You know, they're like 40 bucks and you pick up this little pen and it puts out smoke. It's fake smoke. It's not real smoke, people. But yeah. you you put it next to a bathroom door. You put it next to the kitchen. It allows you, you'll see which way the smoke is going. And that's going to tell you your pressurization, right? Like where are you taking air from and putting it into? And in houses, it varies per house. We always like to say houses are built under negative pressure, but it's not always true. Sometimes we get changes in pressurization that happen. So you may be pulling air in from the garage, which you don't want to do, or you pull attic air, air down into the house, which you don't want to do. Or you could be mm -hmm. pulling air from a bathroom inside instead of it being going out through your fan like it's supposed to. So I like these pens and I use them in my inspection. So when I want to find out where people's airflow is from or if they have allergies and I want to see where the air is coming from, I just use this little pen. It's awesome. They're, they're so cool. Nice. Yeah. I always recommend people that are putting in those, like those attic air vents I was talking about, actually pulling the insulation back and sealing up between the drywall or plaster and any of those intrusions that go into the living space from the attic downstairs to make sure you get that sealed up, caulked up correctly. So you're not pulling cold air, air from the living space up that cold air conditioned air up into that because those vents work really well. And the last thing you want to do, you're not going to get any efficiency if you're pulling all your conditioned air out of the living space. No. And then of course you're going to pull, you're going to have a lot of condensation that could potentially happen around like the can, you know, around your, um, if you have hot hats, if you have cans up there with the metal, you can condense, you can mm -hmm. condense on your air conditioning. So you don't want to be doing that with differentials in temperature for sure. Absolutely. So these are things that you really want to take into mind because if that all it takes is to have the wrong in, you got to think of it as an intake and exhaust. It's no different than your house up in that attic space. You have air coming in and you have air coming out. And those two need to be balanced because if it's not, you're going to create other problems. Like you said, condensing is not good. Yeah, you want the air to flow, like especially in an attic because of negative pressure. You want it to be able to come in and go out. And, and the, it, the big thing is with the soffits, like they'll over insulate all the time. And, and then you, 
you can't yeah. get any airflow out and you want it to for people who you want the air to be coming in like think about arrows like just flowing through that attic you don't really want to be pulling from downstairs you don't want air coming up from your first floor and coming into the attic space you kind of just want that to circulate to keep itself really healthy if you will stagnant air is not healthy you got no not at all all right we come back we'll wrap up this conversation just as soon as around the house returns Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. We've been talking about trying to save you a few bucks around your house on energy because, man, it's already been, you know, coming out of July 4th weekend. We are already battling across the country. Nice hot temperatures. So how do we save you a couple bucks on our next few months energy bills so you can use that money someplace else? Well, Caroline, we're just talking about, you know, water heaters, but uh, she brought up a great one. How do we track that electricity? How do we monitor that, right? Yeah. And so uh, this technology Eric's going to talk about can save you about 9% on your electric bill. So that's pretty substantial. I mean, almost 10% if you're going to use it's this It's huge. App. And so I've had this running in my house now for about two years, and it's called Sense, S-E-N-S-E. And I'd say it's an app, but what happens is, is you have this little box that you put in your electrical breaker panel. And there's a couple clips that come around the two lines that are coming in, the two legs of power coming in. Mm -hmm. And then it hooks into a, uh, a breaker to power it. And then it goes on the internet and it senses using artificial intelligence, everything that's running inside your home. That's so cool. I can open up the app and see what my always running is. And then I can see, you know, what my energy bill is and I can compare it. I can put in my my electricity rate so it can tell me what my next month bill is going to be if it keeps going. It's brilliant. Hmm. So I'm looking at it basically gives you a monitor, two current sense, like you get two sensors with it, an antenna, power cable, a mounting bracket, and then you hook this up. It looks like it costs about $300, right? Give or take. That's yep. not really that expensive. Yep. And so then no, it, it, allows it's great. You, it allows you to monitor, but they have packages, right? So you can go to a, a little higher end package too. So what's it going to tell us exactly? So here's what's cool with this is when you plug this in, it gives you real time energy use. And so it machine, basically the artificial intelligence learns the devices in your home. It'll find a device and go, Hey, I just found a new this is either a coffee maker or a hair dryer, you know, or I'm just making two things up. Yeah. But then it starts to give you historical usage trends, that kind of stuff. And so you can make goals. Um, and then they've got all these different systems. So you like if you've got solar, it'll hook into your solar system. If you've got a larger home where maybe you've got a 400 amp service, they've got one there as well. So it's really cool how it's designed to work within your home. And now I can test 
what's going on in my house and see real time where am I burning energy? Hmm. That's amazing. I'm just the other thing that the they're stories. testing with. Yeah, here's what's cool that they're testing with this is it can also start to tell when things are failing. So, for instance, I love this because if you've got that old like 25 year old beer fridge out in the in the <laughs> in the garage someplace or the basement, you can compare that fridge and its energy usage to like the really good energy efficient one that's in your kitchen. So you yeah. can look at it and go, wow, um, that beer fridge is costing me a ton of money. And if I buy a new energy efficient one, that's going to pay for itself in 16 months. Maybe I need to replace that, put something in there that's not going to burn up so much electricity. Yeah, this is a really cool story. So they installed the sense in the middle of an issue with their well pump. And, you know, anybody who knows if your well pump is constantly triggering on, it can cost you a fortune. So in yep. this case, they used it, used it with the well pump trigger, which had broken and it was broken in the on position. So the, I guess their well pump was always kicking on and they weren't getting, you know, understanding that it was happening and it was costing them thousands of dollars. And so when they installed the sense, it helped them narrow down the problem to figure out that's, you know, that's your issue. Because a lot of times you don't hear your well pump kicking on all the time, especially if it's in, you know, a basement area. So you'll just, it'll just yep. keep kicking on, kicking on. All of a sudden you get this giant energy bill. That's pretty cool. That's very neat. We have a well, so that's why I know these issues can happen. And they get expensive. So it's really cool that way. So it's a great way to monitor what's going on. And you can just do it on your phone. You can be sitting there anywhere in the world. If you've got an internet connection, look what's going on in your home and see, wow, I'm using a ton of energy. What's, what's going on right now? Now, it doesn't turn things off and on, but it does give you real-time monitoring and uh, they're working out some details. When I was back at their at their studios over in Cambridge here, geez, 18 months ago or so, I was hanging out in there and they were actually testing out kind of this cool feature where they were starting to be able to see that this guy's heating and cooling system wasn't working right. The starting capacitor was failing. And so it was trying to heat the heat pump up and start to get the motor going and it didn't. And so it was, they went, oh, wow, that's an error. They could see it on their on their system and it was kicking off in an error. So they're working, that's getting smarter and smarter. And I think they're going to be able to catch more problems like that in the future. Yeah. And this one also, uh, like if you go on vacation, so someone's basement bathroom, like the sewer pump would kick on when the basement bathroom mm -hmm. would, would run. And so they went on vacation and they happened to check the sense app and they noticed that the pump was running every few minutes and the toilet and the bathroom was running all the time. So you can imagine your way. So they had oh. to have a neighbor come over and shut the water off to the toilet. Can you imagine? They would have had a 200 plus bill for water just from being on vacation when they got back. That's awesome. Brutal. I mean, that's worth itself Brutal. just to keep it, on, keep it on your phone. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's gonna save you some serious, serious money. These smart thermostats can really save you a ton of money on your heating and cooling. Mm -hmm. I put in the new carrier system, they have their own version of that, but anything from the, uh, the Nest to the Ecobee, take a look and see what works best with your system. But man, those things can save you a ton of energy and you don't have to have it running all the time, if, especially if you're traveling. And I like too that they're telling you, you know, you, you get a lot of information on a nest, right? So you're looking at not only temperature, but relative humidity, which is really important. And we talked about that in the last episode, but monitoring that relative humidity. The only thing, the caveat to this that I, you know, will often remind people is that sometimes when you have a nest on the wall, you're getting a wall temp, not the center of the room temp or center of the room um, RH reading. So just be conscious of just because something's on the wall doesn't mean that that's not what's happening in the rest of your space. So I often tell people to also have some type of 
either standalone monitor or you could pick up a, a really cheap, you know, 10 buck monitor down at the hardware store to put in the center of the room to kind of keep an eye on it and you can move it around. Because what's at your wall isn't always necessarily what's happening in your airspace for sure. And what's cool now is Nest and Ecobee both came out with little sensors now that you can place That's around awesome. the house. That's good. So you can put these little sensors that now show up on that app. So if you have, um, you know, an area like in the upstairs bedroom. A basement. Basement's key, right in the basement. center of the basement. Exactly. So you can now monitor those other rooms with that same thermostat. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, no, that's definitely a must. And how many do they, do they give them to you when you sign up for the nest and you get a nest or do you have to, are they extra? Yeah, they're extra, but they're not bad. They're not, it's not like you're buying a whole new thermostat. They're just these little things that are about the, you know, inch by inch square and they work really good. No, that's a must. I haven't seen that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a new one. It's a new one. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, we're out of time, Caroline. We got Jeff Devlin coming up right around the corner. I'm Eric G. I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.